Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, we are continuing today looking at the state of theology in America using the recently released survey by Ligonier Ministries. Uh, Ligonier was the ministry that was started by the late R.C. Sproul. And if you have not looked at their stuff before, we would highly commend it to you. (coughs) R.C. Sproul's book on the holiness of God is one of the most formative books of the last century. Unfortunately, there is still today so much misunderstanding about the holiness of God and the sinfulness of man And this survey brings this to bear. Two questions in particular from this survey found at thestateoftheology.com that illustrates this point. Statement number 11 says this. Everyone sins a little, but most people are good by nature. An alarming 67% of all Americans agree with that statement. And evangelicals are only slightly better. 52% of evangelicals agree that everyone sins a little, but most people are good by nature. Now, what does this mean? Um, brothers, can you help perhaps by making a distinction between a good action and a good work and show how good actions do not make people good by nature? Hmm. I think when we talk about total depravity, we're not talking about people being as bad as they could be, but that our whole nature is uh, tinged with, uh, touched by sinfulness, and so that we, in all areas of our life, we're, we're sinful. You know, the, you know, Romans, uh, actually, Romans chapter 3 says, there's none righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. All of us have turned aside, together we become worthless. No one does, no one does good, not even one. Um, so, you know, we talk about relative good, but um, the things that are good are those things that are uh, done in conformity with God's um, will, his law. Uh, they're done for his glory. Uh, those, are, those are two aspects. And so people do certain things of a relative good, but they're not good in the eyes of God because they are not directed toward him or done in accordance with his will. Yeah, um, when when people say most most people are good by nature, um, and, and first of all, as Jonathan's been saying, that, that that's not true. But um, I think that we probably when people say that, um, if I can try to maybe read between the lines a little bit, the common belief I think that most Americans have, and and maybe even unfortunately a lot of church going Americans, that the way to be saved, the way to, the way to uh, get into heaven, is to be a pretty good person. And someday when I die, uh, my hope before the Lord is I was a pretty good person. You know, the good will outweigh the bad. And uh, Jonathan's over here uh, imitating scales. Um, <laughs> thank you, thank you for the visual. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> 
And uh, but as as Jonathan was saying, when we say total de- total depravity, we're not saying that people are as evil as they might be, but that the taint of evil is pervasive. It's like if you take a, a an eyedropper full of ink and you drop you drop one drop of ink into a crystal clear bucket of water. You cannot confine the ink to one part of the bucket. It's going to taint. Mm-hmm. It's going to color the whole. Every part of my person, even when I try to do good, like the Apostle Paul says in Romans 7, it's good that I want to do, I find I can't. The evil that I don't want to do, I find myself doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, So even when I want to be good and even at my best, my actions, my thoughts are tainted by sin. That's why I need a Savior. Mm -hmm. I don't need advice. I don't need help. Uh, I need rescue. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a helpful illustration would be if you take a piece of paper and the very left-hand side of that paper is the the worst type of behavior and people that you know, and the right-hand side is God and his righteousness and um, his character. Um, go ahead and draw a line right down the middle of that piece of paper. Basically, humanity is all on the left-hand half of that piece of paper. Very few are as bad as they possibly could be. Mm-hmm. And along that spectrum, that people do, quote, unquote, virtuous or good things. Mm-hmm. Non-Christians do build hospitals. Mm-hmm. Non-Christians adopt orphans. Non-Christians feed the hungry. They're doing virtuous behavior. But none of it is righteous in the fact that it's done to the glory of God. Yeah. And so that behavior is somewhere on the left-hand side of the page, and you've met these people. Mm-hmm. You live in the same neighborhoods. You go to work with them. You, you interact all the time with these various degrees of people. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is nobody crosses over to the right-hand side of the page outside of the work of the Spirit within a person's heart and soul to create new life that brings about um, a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Yep. That's the only way that all of a sudden we can now do good works to the glory of God because we have been reborn. Yep. Yep. And that's the right-hand side. And the, the hope is that as we live, we've crossed the line and we grow in grace. The only way we cross that line is through Jesus Christ, through faith in Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit dwelling within. So we have it. Well, there's no way for us to cross that line on our own, right? Let me make a kind of an inflammatory statement, and then I'll back up and try to fix whatever damage. We'll let you make that, and then we'll just get out of your way. (laughs) Okay. So, for the unsaved person, building a hospital is a sin. Um, because Romans fourteen twenty three says that whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. Now, we would say that building a hospital is a good thing um, as far as an action goes, but we have grossly under, underdefined what sin is. Sin is doing anything not for the glory of God, not doing anything out of thankfulness for God. And this is how the Westminster Confession of Faith says it in chapter 16. I'm just going to paraphrase. Works done by unsaved men are of good use both to themselves and to others. Yet because they proceed not from a heart purified by faith, nor are done in a right manner according to the word, nor to a right end to the glory of God, are therefore sinful and cannot please God or make a man fit to receive grace from God. And yet 
their neglect of them is more sinful and displeasing to God. Mm -hmm. So to the philanthropist who says, you know what, the unsaved philanthropist, I'm going to build a hospital, Mm -hmm. and I have the means to do it, and I feel like I ought to do it, he ought to do that. Because it's in in the sense of humanity, humanity that's good for humanity. If he, but it's still before God a sin. Mm-hmm. Yet if he neglects doing it, it's even a greater sin. Mm-hmm. These exact same thoughts are are talked about in the Canons of Dort. Um, in Head Three Four Article Four, it says that 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 people do demonstrate a certain eagerness for virtue and for good outward behavior, like Josh's example of building the hospital. But it goes on to say that that in in the end he's he renders himself without excuse before God because it's not done for God it's it's suppressing the light of God and he's really and then he goes on to quote Romans one that he suppresses the truth and unrighteousness yeah that he knows that he ought to be doing these things for the honor and glory of God and mm-hmm. he he doesn't yeah. Yeah, and, and what what the unsaved heart and mind doesn't know is that they are in rebellion against God. They are in active rebellion apart from Christ. We we any of us are in active rebellion against God. I'm thinking of uh, you know George Bernard Shaw was was once asked, "Would you be reconciled to God?" And he said, "Reconciled? I didn't know we had quarreled." Mm-hmm. And. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's a that's a very typical uh, right. a- attitude of unbelief. I've got no beef with God. Yeah, I don't. Be- I don't believe him. I don't want him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, we're throwing pins yes, in tr- the background. Well, thank you for, well, for not throwing them at me. Perfect transition to our last statement for the day because I really wanted to get to the statement. Twelve says this: even the smallest sin deserves eternal damnation. Now, before we answer how the evangelicals answered this question, how would you answer that question, listener? Even the smallest sin deserves eternal damnation. Would you agree or disagree? Now, 69% of everyone surveyed disagreed. They did not believe that the smallest sin deserves eternal damnation, and evangelicals were only slightly better. 56% of evangelicals don't believe that the smallest sin deserves eternal damnation. Now, I don't think that we collectively, not only as Americans, but also as evangelicals, understand what sin is. What is wrong here? What is sin? Yeah, yeah when I, and I would, I, I think I have a beef even with the way that the statement is, is phrased, even the smallest sin. There is no such thing as small sin. Uh, all, <laughs> right. sin all sin is rebellion against God. Right. We're not, when we talk about sin, we're not talking about little peccadillos and, and well, you broke this rule, you broke that rule. No, you you're all of all of all of these sins all all of the whatever rule breaking whether it's uh whether it's uh, perceived as greatly serious by the world which much sin is or whether it's not perceived as a big deal by the world which some sin is not all of it is rebellion against god right it it's shaking our puny little fist at god and saying i want nothing to do with you i will not bend the knee to you i will not glorify you yeah. There's nothing more serious. Well, then the Bible says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So the the perfection that he requires 
you know, we we don't attain to because of our sinfulness. And that's why when we talk about salvation, it's not simply what Christ did on the cross, but he lived the perfect life that we didn't live. Not only are we um, credited with his death on our behalf, but we're also credited with his life that was lived perfectly before God. There was a moment in the question and answer at the Ligonier conference where somebody had asked a question something to the effect of why was God so hard on, and I can't remember if it was Adam or if it was um, somebody else that had been punished pretty severely for a a sin. And R.C. Sproul said, responded, what's wrong with you people? And the audience actually thought he was, he was joking and then R.C. Sproul sprung up in his chair and very forcefully says, no, I'm serious. What's wrong with you people? This question gets at the heart of what's wrong with the state of theology of America. We don't know who God is, right. and mm-hmm. we don't know who we are. Mm-hmm. He is the Holy One. Amen. Mm-hmm. And anything that goes against what he's commanded is an affront to his holy character. Mm-hmm. There, There is no, I mean, Phil is 100% right. There is no small sin mm-hmm. when you're talking about an affront to a holy God. Mm-hmm. And and how we believe, and this just reveals the state of, of the depravity of our hearts, that we we, we do look at, at sin as little. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing little about it. Mm-hmm. And when we begin to minimize sin, what we end up doing is minimizing the glory of redemption through Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so we miss out on the beauty of our Savior by minimizing the sin of our heart. And mm-hmm. and it's it's much to our own um, depravity. Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe just in closing, we could help define sin a little bit. Sin is anything where you value something more than God. In other words, you could say that sin is simply ignoring who God is, ignoring him, ignoring him as a person, ignoring spending time with him, just acting like your life is perfectly fine without God. That's what sin is. Phil could probably give us the Westminster de- de- right. definition. <laughs> Any wanted conformity to, or, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'll, 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 let, I'll let you handle that. I, I, I don't remember it right off the top of my head, yeah, but it's, it's, neither, neither do it's I. lacking to conform to the law of God or it's violating a, a prescribed law of God. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to end there for today. Hopefully you can continue to tune in to the broadcast. This has been the Gospel for Life. 